This is holding down the fort. Our dear friend, Miami Marlins outfielder, Griffin Conine. Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm here with Miami Marlins prospect and son of Jeff, we will say, Griffin Conine. Griff, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, so um, jumping right into it, we are from uh, the Western New York area here on the show. And uh, like I said, son of Jeff, but... You probably don't get as many questions about um, the reason that we're talking today is that uh, we met here in Buffalo. Mom and mom's family are from Buffalo. So take us a, uh, a little bit through what uh, you know about, about mom's side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she grew up on, uh, in, uh, outside of Orchard Park. Um, whole, I want to say whole, you know, all of high school. Um, went to Williamsville, which is uh, funny because our – the Marlins uh, first round, first or second round pick. I think he was first round. Compensation um, round A. Yep. So 30. Joe, Joe Mack. That's amazing. Joe Mack was, awesome. um, went to Williamsville. So that was like when I first met him, uh, I met him at like a, a off season camp um, that year. And uh, that was like a great in I had. He's a great kid. Um, really excited for what he's going to do. But uh, that was cool to talk to him a little bit about, uh, you know, good to have a Buffalo guy in the org for sure. Absolutely. And he's, yeah, he's not, not too bad. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, he, he looks like he's going to stay behind the dish. Um, you guys are both, both lefty, both lefty sticks. Um, we are just kind of getting going back and forth about what you've been doing here in the off season. So, you know, what is a, uh, what's a day in the life of, of Griffin Conine look, where are we living right now? Are we at home? Go, go through everything for me. Yeah. 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 This is uh this is the parents' house. This is my dad's uh, memorabilia room. Uh, it's pretty cool. He does like uh, he does a podcast with a good friend of mine from high school um, called Just Baseball. Uh, give it a listen if you if you haven't already. It's it's Absolutely really cool. Everybody listen to that Just Baseball. Um, yeah, uh, Just Baseball podcast. Um, they just talk about you know baseball topics, uh, whatever. Um, but got a lot of cool stuff back here. That's uh, that's an Xbox signed by Bill Gates, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then there's you know tons of autograph balls and ton of bats down here. So pretty cool room um but yeah this is kind of the off season uh the off season uh spot i haven't gotten around to get an apartment yet usually because uh i travel a lot during the off season and uh all over the place yeah i'm I'm moving a lot so uh three-month lease is tough to come by miami's super expensive uh so all those factors got a really nice gym set up here um all my hitting stuff's around here so it works out well to just kind of kind of make this the home base um but as far as daily schedule, it's pretty uh, – it changes a lot, actually. Like, I, it's very – it's easier to do a weekly rundown. So, I'll give you that, which is uh, – usually looks like, um, you know, four or five lift weight workouts a week uh, at this point. Um, usually afternoon – always afternoon I lift, ever in the morning. Morning I always do baseball stuff, uh, hitting, whatever that may be. So, I'm hitting – You like, um, like to get the baseball stuff uh, done first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I hate I hate being like sore and tired for hitting. You got to be like fresh, fresh, so you can be quick. So, um, yeah, I do all that in the morning. Um, yoga is big for me. I do that three, try to do two to three times a week. Um, hot yoga place on my house, um, usually just an hour. That uh, that kicks my butt pretty good. Um, I'm happy I got to. Last year I broke my hamate, so uh, 
I just started to get into yoga and then um, broke my hand. So I was out for uh, mostly off season. So I couldn't is that, really. Uh, is that surgically repaired in there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I don't know if you can wow. see. That's like right where, it's right where the callus is, but there's like a, a little scar right there. Yeah. Um, wow, man. So is... yeah, that was, that sucked. Uh, but also like they removed the bone so it can never happen again. So it's nice to kind of have that done. Yeah, good to go absolutely. so we went, yeah a one and done kind of injury there <laughs> exactly yeah so uh so got that taken care of so i've um, been crushing yoga which has been great and no and, uh, no problems no problems with the stick since since that yeah no problem it was it was like it was annoying coming back it just took a while uh like it leap it, it leaked a bit into the season they say six to eight weeks um which was you know after eight weeks you can swing again and be fine but uh it's one of those things that like it takes a while to because you're now using a hand that doesn't have a bone where it used to be. So right. it's a little different, but like it really wants you like just you got to take a bunch of swings to, to kind of get used to it. Um, so, yeah, that was a pain. But also, you know, like I said, done in the past uh, this offseason, I've been able to swing a bunch, uh, which I needed. So very happy. And um, do you have a yeah, that's pretty a... much you have a spot that you, you like to go to, is there an off season guy or do we, do we pretty much just kind of take what the organization gives us and, and do kind of do it on our, on our own time? Yeah. Um, yeah. So as far as I'm mostly on my own, um, I did actually go hit with teacher man uh, a few months ago. Nice, uh, nice. He's no, pretty, I know, uh, uh, so pretty polarizing I know figure. Everyone's got opinions about, about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all for, for what works. Right. So, um, yeah, it works sometimes. Right. So we gotta, we gotta listen to, to the right kind of people. And I, I love that. I'm not a go to war over who's right or wrong kind of thing, but yeah, somebody can connect with you as an individual. Um, you know, did you, you see, you see the the benefits from going up and working with it? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I had, um, I had a few, I had a, a a high school and college teammate, um, that went to him a few weeks prior uh that loved it and then uh, my roommate from last season in pensacola the buffalo guy actually bubba hollins oh um, wow that's awesome yeah he went he went and hit with him uh in october so they both uh went first they were kind of the giddy pigs i was on the fence uh and they were they were just like this is awesome man like he's really really awesome like yeah he's much different in person uh all this stuff so um i've been following him for like a, a couple of years just you know i they always post I love like analyzing Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey. I love watching the greats. And uh, he posts a lot of like really cool videos of breaking down their swings. Um, so that kind of piqued my interest. And then I, I followed him and I got a, I got his number from a teammate who had worked with him. And, uh, and yeah, just at that point, you know, kind of last season, obviously didn't uh, go completely how I wanted it. And it got to the point where like, I kind of just need something that I can be really convicted on and follow. Cause I've always had my ideas about, the swing and my swing and whatever, but, uh, never really had like a, a hitting guy. I never had a hitting guy. You know, my dad is kind of, he's very like old school and, uh, he was a different hitter than me. And, uh, kind of like, you know, he, he was much more on the mental side of the game. Like he kind of just let his athleticism play and, uh, and just clear okay. head and a lot, a lot of mental stuff. Um, and for me, it's kind of like, I kind of needed just, uh, something to, to get high level mechanics. I felt like I wasn't quite there. Right. And, and it's, you know, it sometimes it's, you know, it's not that Rich has reinvented the wheel or anything like that, but a, a second set of eyes all of a sudden that you now trust, maybe dad trusts and teammates are going there. Obviously Aaron judges, you know, the, the credibility line of things, right. All of a sudden, yeah. like, Hey, I, 
I believe in the, the, in this and I go into that place and I believe in it and like, wow, how quickly does it, does it seem like, wow, that really clicked. That was really, you know, all of a sudden yeah. being bought in. I know Eric Cressy says it a lot. There's lots of, you know, phenomenal private sector guys out there who do the baseball side of things and the, the workout side of things. But like, right. you might, you might have the wrong program for you and being a hundred percent bought into it is going to be better than having the most perfect program that you're like kind of bought into, right? Like, so going into a place where you're like, hey, the, the boys say that this is the spot to go, right? Like I've seen it. I like it. Um, You know, hey, I'm out of here. And we, we, so did you go up there and stay? Is he in Florida at um like by where like the stance doctor is? Is that, is that where he's, he's uh, he, um, he, he does work in Tampa, um, close to the season because Aaron because Judge hits uh Yankee spring training so he works yep. there um leading up to the season but he, he's in St. Louis which is oh, like okay. super so you, random you spot so yeah road flew tripped out there. to St. Louis yeah flew out there business trip uh just two days and then four I think it was four sessions so uh, an hour each and that was like my first it was December 10th I think or 14th and that was like I hadn't swung a bat really before that I had like taken two months off no swings so I wanted to go up completely fresh and kind of just like See, see what it was all about. You right, know? Yeah. Go, right? yep. like, I didn't want to like hit a bunch before, and then he kind of like undoes what I was working on or whatever. So, because I was, yeah, I trusted him in that sense. Like, get me going on the right foot, and I'll, I'll take it from there. And uh, so now, yeah, it's been I guess a month almost since I went. And uh, I text him usually after like my whatever hitting sessions back home, and he'll give me feedback, which is cool. Um, but he's just he's one of the best at analyzing video that I've ever seen. Like does just looks for different things, and I talk to him a lot about it, like what exactly he's looking for, and and because there's specific things that he'll he'll post videos of guys hitting, and I was watching them and being like that looks like a good swing to me, but he's kind of like saying it's not, and I'm like, well, like what are you looking at if like that's because you know, I feel like I'm a pretty good analyzer of video, and yet like I'm not seeing what he's seeing, so he helped uh, he helped kind of bridge that gap, and uh, it really comes down to like how quick can you get the barrel full speed. And that was like something that I was never really good at. Like I would always have good top speed, but it took a long time to get there. And when that happens, you you can't hit for a high average. It's impossible. Well, and I remember, I know you've had discussions with, you know, probably lots of guys, but the, uh, the bombs and strikeouts year, right. Is, uh, you know, yeah. like is the telltale sign of that, right? Like what is right. every hitter, what's every hitter's goal, right? Like you get paid because you're going to hit a ton of home runs and that's awesome. We want you to keep doing that, but we want to like, you want to strike out less, right? There's more pressure on the defense. We walk more like oh, your average kind of goes up by effect of just exactly making decisions later and quicker. Right? right. So if you can get the barrel to top speed sooner, you have more time to make the decision. Exactly. All of a sudden you're not swinging it. Bullshit. Right. We're cleaning it up. Right. We're walking, you know, double the amount we walked the previous season. We're not right. swinging up those borderline ones, right? Like you'd rather have the discussion with buzz, the umpire, about fouling a ball off that like, Hey, do you know, is that, is that there? Do I really have to be there? And knowing that like your, your bat speed takes care of you, right? Bat speed right. quickly, but it's, he's right on. Right. So I think right. obviously, right. Like there's a ton of information about everybody out there, right. As far as you as a hitter and how pitchers can attack you once you're doing things well or Aaron or whoever it may be, but um, it really sounds like you're confident in the right spot. And this is, you know, the first time kind of going into a season where we've got something, something new that we're, that we're really kind of. Believing. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's the first time 
that I've felt, yeah. Like others just like nothing that can beat me. Whereas like, you know, usually you go into a season and like spring training, it takes a while to like get up to speed, basically like decision-making, like you, you, you don't see pitching most of the off season. So like it takes a while to get back in the swing of things. And like, I'm sure there'll be an adjustment period, but I feel like now it'll be a lot quicker because like the evaluation is always going to come back to was my swing getting up to speed as quick as it could have, you know? And if it wasn't, then that's kind of the problem right there. You don't have to look further to like, Oh, was he like, you know, you don't have to look any further. It's just like that swing, you know, you can watch a video and be like, okay, it took me too many frames to get to the ball. And like, and I, I had to decide too early and then I'm late. And then, so a lot of it too is, is like just being ready much earlier than I was never an early guy. Like I was always kind of a, I was never a big load guy. Like I was kind of like a quiet, foot never really came super high off the ground um because i didn't feel like i could control it i hated being early i felt like vulnerable and all this stuff so he kind of like that was the first thing we tackled was like you got to be ready way earlier way earlier yeah i mean and every once again everybody's you know got their own phrases and everything but even if you know you came into the building today or a a 10 year old came into the the building today for me right it's like one we're either ready or we're not ready at some point, right? Like Velo exposes like, Hey, you're getting ready while the ball's on its way and are you ready? Right. And then like, then from there, right. Like you do two things. We see the baseball well, right. From a spot where we can swing the bat as hard as possible. And if you're running to first base while the shortstop fields, your ground ball and you're like, come on, no, no, no. And you get thrown out by that step, right? Like rather than be, upset about it right we can always dial it back to hey did i not see the ball as well as i could right or did i did i not swing the bat hard enough quick enough right and rich's kind of sense like was i not quick enough to the ball to just to even deserve right like the barrel hitting the ball hard right like so sure it comes back to yeah like i hit the ball hard a lot before but hitting the ball hard more often right comes from quickness comes from better decisions and that's you know what we want to put out there in the game today was kind of you and me talking i was gonna gonna go in a youth direction anyway with some of the you know the younger guys we work with and their parents are gonna hear it but like we we just tackled that right like if you can have a quick swing right sure you got to add some size right in order to have a quicker swing as as balls get pitched at you faster but you see the ball well you get to a spot where you can be ready to swing the bat hard where i mean there's hidden, right? Yeah, hundred so, percent. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go full circle back to to dad real quick. And you saying he was more on the mental side of things. Um, before our good friend Tanner Kerwer um brought you into the building for the first time ever. Um, I hosted an event. Um, quality at bat. Steve Springer came to a uh, nearby yeah, college, yeah. college university and uh, put on we put on an event with him, and he came to came to speak for us. So he's wrapping things up. He's probably got five minutes left or so. And um, he's just going through, you know, his own talk. And then he starts talking about, you know, what can kids really do to make sure they're ready? And I believe it was you and your brother came up as Jeff's sons. Yeah, he played with Jeff and that um, just try to make your kids look as much as like uh, Jeff's sons as you can, because they have Greek God bodies. And I remember <laughs> kind of holding up his bat like that. And I remember meeting you for the first time and going like, like, dude, that, that guy is, is big, right? Like, take me through some of like, hey, when did we get started into the strength training stuff? Were you 
a big fat kid like Bryce Harper was who thinned out. Like, take me through some of that evolution and like, you know, yeah. obviously you're still a work in progress, but how did we get to to the rock that that we are, um, you know, high school, college, whatever it might have been? Yeah, yeah. I uh, definitely started uh I wanna say like sophomore year of high school. Um, lucky enough to have a nice gym in the house. Uh so then and is that like that, like you mean ser- like seriously like really getting yeah getting into like a yeah. routine of it? Yeah, I would say. Um, even then, it was it was early. Like I was still it started as bench. Like that was just <laughs> like me and my buddies would just go up there and bench, and like that was pretty much all we would do. That's and uh, obviously, like we start to expand as we get older, and like and now I don't bench really at all. <laughs> um, or I do I do much Full circle much. On there. <laughs> yeah, I do very little bench these days. Uh, a lot more back stuff but like that was yeah that was kind of what started it and just like seeing results like super quickly and like kind of like getting like addicted like wow we can change your body just by like lifting weights and all this stuff so I think like transitioning from that into college uh and to answer your question I was I was like I was pretty skinny like I was a skinny kid I was like 160 probably until junior year you know 510 and then grew a few and I think going to junior year was like the big change like started hitting homers because i I got up to like 185, started eating a lot more, um, weight room helped. And then, uh, and then in college kind of fully, fully got into like leg stuff and, um, legs are still behind the upper body. Unfortunately, no matter how much (laughs) I try to catch them up, it seems like they're always going to be behind. There's lots of yoga kind of involved in, in your stuff. Right. So yeah, I, we, we got guys all over the place here. Hey man, look at this video of me, you know, uh, rack pulling 575 from a half seated position. That's like, that's awesome. Um, you know, but really leading into our swing, us throwing harder, us running faster, us running curves faster from first to third, like yeah. some, some of the specific stuff, would you say that really kind of, kind of separates your workouts from the bench squat clean workout to like, Hey, like this is a baseball specific thing that I I feel like I have to do to you know get the legs caught up or keep them up with everything. Right. Yeah. So it's all like all functional, like very functional stuff. Like um, uh, I'm trying to think of like like I'm doing legs today. I'm just trying to think of what I'm doing. Like I'm I'll do uh like today will be leg more uh more quad quad hamstring or quad glute day. So like that'll end up looking like um. I'll probably do trap bar deadlifts, some band resistance on there. Uh, love reverse lunges with a bar. So I do those a lot. Bulgarian split squats are awesome. A lot of single leg stuff. Single leg stuff's huge. Because like as a baseball player, especially a hitter, you know, you you want to be single leg hitter. Like that's, you know, that's Rich's whole thing. And that's one of the things that like polarizes him. People say like, you know, whatever. Um, I think every hitter can agree though. Your back leg is pretty pretty important to like be a rock on that back leg you know that's something my dad talked about too um just being really strong on one leg so like I do a ton of uh stability stuff one leg stuff um ankle mobility is huge that's something that that's a new thing I never used to do anything and uh my feet were killing me like end of last year um cleats aren't great for your feet uh so I learned that and now like lacrosse ball rolling is my best friend I got a so right that's my best friend um, so just tons of soft tissue, ankle circles, dorsiflexion, uh, all this. Stuff. I mean, it, I think end goal for me, like I want to have a perfect squat. And that is really, really hard to do. Like go full depth, full squat, be heels on the ground. You know, obviously I'd say 90% up, yeah, of people, 90% of people, your heels are going to come up when you like, when you go all the way down. 
Um, that's just like, I don't know if I'll ever get there, but every day, like that's kind of the goal is to get, get a millimeter closer. So like, that's what I want. And I think like that just, that will open up so many things with hip health and um, having, having good hips is so key. And uh, yoga is helping a lot with that too. So that, it all goes hand in hand, you know, it's just moving. I want to move better. I want to move like cleanly, pain-free. And I've never really, never had any major injuries, knock on wood, um, without doing much to prevent them beyond like lifting. So now I'm going like full bore into as much as I can do soft tissue, mobility, yoga, whatever it may be. Uh, cause getting hurt, is like my worst fear. Like that would, I don't know what I would do if like I had to miss, you know, a full season of play. So now it's just like anything I can do to, to curb that and feel good. I'm, I'm all on board. Or just stay, stay ahead of it the best we can. Right. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's a huge point too. And I remember getting to spring training, um, you know, with the angels as a coach in 2020 and we had, we had a lady, I don't know if the, the, she had worked with probably 20 different organizations. Um, her name was Dr. Katie and she came in and she like kind of coached her. She took our minor leaguers through Pilates day through the, you know, all these, all these different things. And like some yeah. of these guys, like, you know, can't can't move something two two inches and she's got a 70 year old guy that she brings with her who can get all you know his side triangle all the way to the block yeah. on the ground and things like that and she you know he's got yeah. his gut and his shirt stuck in and you're like well like, he's embarrassing professional athletes right here with this lady right so um yeah. was there was there a person a member of the coaching staff or like just you kind of digging on your own where you were like hey like how did this become so important right now yeah, I think uh, I would say like teammates more than anything. You know, I had a couple of teammates in Pensacola that like were just always doing, you know, on a show right. Like they had like an hour long of like mobility stuff and like I wasn't doing much. And uh, I just started, you know, got to talk in and, uh, and, and a lot of it's just like my own feelings, like about like, you know, you evaluate, like I never got hurt, but like things aren't feeling great all the time. Like you get to the end of the season and like, okay, like I'm feeling like a little pulling here and like some stuff here. And like, you know, you want to be like perfect all the time, which is not going to happen. But um, there was like definitely some nagging things that kind of always would pop up. And it just came from like looking into what's causing that and like being a, being a you know, a one-sided sport athlete. Um, I really wish I was a switch hitter because I feel like that would have uh, solved a lot of the issues of the imbalances. Yes, um, so like my, my kid, my kid will be a switch hitter. I guarantee it. <laughs> Um, if I have one, but, uh, I think, yeah, it was just being like, being curious about like why things are happening, like why I feel certain things for seemingly like no reason, but there always is a reason. So, and, uh, and also just like, I put in so much work in the lifting side of things, like for so long, um, that like the base is like, it's almost like going to be very hard to gain anything in that department in a major way. Right. Like, it's kind of like, the you're base not, is yeah, there. You're not starting. You're not starting anything that's I know, new. I get where you can just exactly. You saw, I'm 25. You saw those bench, saw those bench increases in a month, right? <laughs> yeah, I was putting up like 50 pound increase in two months. Now it's like I can gain two pounds in a year. Um, so like everything's leveled out, right? So like I'm pretty strong. I, I like where I'm at. Um, now it's more about like I want to do the same lifts with the same weight, but like make it easier, make it cleaner, less effort to lift the same amount and quicker. So like it's not really like pushing the weight. I don't want to like be killing myself trying to like gain a tiny bit of strength when I can be gaining. Now it's like the, the increases come in mobility. Like I can see the 50 pound increase 
in my hips. Like if, if I stay on top of it. Right. So yeah, like, and you, now I, it's like, I was going to say just probably more so than see it. Right. Like we can feel the difference, yeah. right. When it's the it's right huge. way. And obviously, you know, Jeff's older, I'm, I'm old now. And I didn't, I never played at a high level, but like the, that feeling, the difference between, you know, a safety bar and a regular bar for me is that I can keep my heels on the ground the whole way. Right. right. I can keep that perfect form. And it's a hell of a lot easier to fire up out of that position you right, know, yeah, yeah. rather than, than have to go about it in the other way. And I think, you know, even in the last 10 years um, of strength training and mobility stuff, you know, obviously you're just getting into this now, right. You're a professional athlete for almost five years now. And you're like, Hey, what else can I do? Right. I think there's so yeah. many guys or girls even out there who go into a gym, grab their first personal trainer. And it's like, all right, I bench, I squat, I clean and I do sit-ups and like, we run with this program forever. And why am I not seeing, you know, stick to it. You got to stick to it. It's a, the way that you move, not only for a professional athlete, boys and girls, right. Is important, but being able to stand up when you're 50, 60, 70, right. The right way, no knee replacements, no hip replacements, griffs on, on the right track to having a healthier long life, no matter yeah. how good, how good or bad this goes in the big leagues. Right. So that's um, what we want. Yeah. That, I mean, all at the end of the day, man, right. Like you want to, you want to be able to catch for catch for a kid or you want to be able to, you know, I don't know how much you're on the field with Jeff, but like he's probably a good, a good example. He's pretty healthy, pretty healthy overall guy. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like he, um, he, on the mobility side of things, like he did very little. And like, that was a time where, you know, back, it wasn't that long ago, but like it's changed a lot in the last like 15 years about like how, how much they emphasize that. But he was like, they, you know, they, they, they told him like strength training would make you too tight. And like, he would lift anyway, but like they, they like the coaches were telling them like, not to lift weights basically this is more and don't lift and don't do any mobility stuff and just like just stay high yeah like uh, (laughs) this is all gonna like mess you up and like all this stuff it's wild to hear about so like he um it's pretty insane that he never had a major injury because of all that because he's like and now like he's very like super tight still active like plays golf um good tennis player uh but like he's just like a very rigid mover and i'm just like I just like want him to roll out so bad or something. Do right, something you're like, to like bringing bringing the oil along. You're like, man, just grease that up a little bit, right? That's yeah, good. yeah. That's he's like he's like all just like go. so tough moving, and I'm just like I just want to be fluid so bad. So like watching him move, I'm just like I want him to like do yoga or something. Do that. Yeah, hey, come to high yoga, man. Oh, yeah. So that's that's awesome. Um, we're gonna switch members of the family real quick and hit your brother right, Tucker. He. Has, is it a shirt line? Is it all sorts of clothes? Go ahead and give us give us the rundown. How yeah, doing? yeah, yeah. He's uh he's awesome. He's super um super creative mind. Uh, to answer your question, I don't think he has a specific uh, idea of like whether it is shirts or it, it kind of it kind of varies. Like right now, he I think his most recent is like he's um releasing a bunch of journals that like are pretty cool. Have a pretty cool design. Um, uh, it's called Tucker's Room. His name's Tucker. Uh, he has a room. Um, but like, I don't know how he came up with that. That's his handle. It's pretty cool. He came up with a little logo. Um, he's really into like film. He's majoring in film at high point. He's a senior. Um, and I think like, I think does it was he, through his friend. Or... There? We have a couple of guys, guys there. So he does. Yeah. Unbelievable. He does. It, it's on, I went and visited him, uh, my last year at Duke when he was a freshman. 
Um, and I mean, it's like, everything's brand new. Like they had a movie theater on campus. Like it's a country club. Uh, they have an awesome like film program um, with some pretty cool, pretty cool tools for him to use. So I think like, I don't think he knew going in that he, he went there for track um, and then film kind of like he was interested and in, that kind of evolved as he went. So I think it ended up to be like a perfect spot for him to go. Um, but yeah, he, he loves it. He's graduating in, in May. Um, fingers crossed. So, <laughs> all our younger yeah. siblings, you never know if they really graduate, right? You get <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's unbelievable. And is, is he sticking, sticking in film or is he going to run with the, with Tucker's room for a while before he gets in, into the film set? I think, uh, I, I think, I don't think he knows, to be honest. I think my estimation is like he'll, will do, he loves film. Like that's his, like, his true love. Like he just loves, you know, that's, that's his passion. So, I think uh, the clothing brand is like more of a, a side gig and uh, it's pretty cool. Like he's come up with some pretty cool stuff um, being just a side gig. You know, I have both of his shirts that he's released. Um, I think he's talking about doing some hats in the future. Uh, but, but yeah, I think it's just like, who knows what that kid's going to do. I don't know, to be honest. He'll do well, something dude, yeah. creative and super original. So that's, that's awesome. And I mean, you know, film is at a spot today, right? Where you don't have to get in with a paramount. Like, there are so many different deals. There are so many different film festivals where like he is, you know, yeah. he could, he could be a star overnight probably. So yeah, um, exactly. We, we never really tackled um, too much after Joe Mack, but so mom from Buffalo, how often do you make it here? Um, you know, who lives here? Well, give me a, a little bit yeah. more about mom's side of the family and uh, right, right, right. how we ended up getting you in the building was, uh, was you being home in Buffalo to see mom's. Yeah. Family. Yeah, yeah. So we Thanksgiving every year, uh, at least for the last 10, maybe more, um, always go to Buffalo. We got the whole squad, uh, my mom's um, my mom's aunt, my mom's cousin, uh, my mom's mom. She lives down here in Naples, um, so she comes up with us. Um, but her whole, like all of her cousins are, are that side of the family. So they're all, they all still live there. Um, Orchard Park, I think mostly. Um, her cousin her one cousin and her husband and their two kids they live like right across the street from stefan diggs so like they were helping him they were helping him uh like clear out the snow and they got slammed with snow on that so we, we, get we, to the probably, stadium. we probably saw them on the news man they were the only reason yeah some of, some of those neighbors the only reason those dudes even got out to the airport to make it to yeah the yeah they're like so thrilled to be able to they go to every game like huge obviously huge bills fans uh my mom is i'm like an honorary i don't really have a football team uh, I don't watch a ton, but like go, if so I had you, to choose, I would choose Bills. Just because, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. I got no one else, so like, and they are fun to watch. Like they're you know so passionate. Josh Allen's a beast, so um, it's a good team to 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 be able to to be a part of. There he is. <laughs> There's the beast. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, it's fun. It's entertaining, and um, you know, it's it's a great time to be here. I don't know. Is uh, yeah. who's the who's the closest football team down there to you guys? uh miami dolphins which is uh i mean they've got a new coach and i think uh this season was definitely a turnaround from last year yeah i don't I mean, follow it too much to be honest two, but uh Tua got um a concussion early on he's had yeah like yeah since then right so um it's actually I, we had a guy who was just on um who had the same thing happen to him in the fall at a baseball practice at iona college in new york city yeah, um, I saw you post bunch, about that. Yeah, and I was, was wondering if it was the same got, thing. He got hit in the heart. Um, exact same thing that happened to Demar Hamlin. So you're yeah. stops. Um, 
that immediate response stuff. So the people who were here in Buffalo the other day, um, you know, it's, it's great to, to see them jump into action so quick. Yeah. Huge absolutely. shout out to all of our, our medical training staff out there and the athletic trainers who are always on, on site to jump right into action. I've been reminding you guys, you guys who are out there headed to spring training soon, headed out into the college baseball season soon. Do not sit on your phone through the training, please, because you never know when you're going to have to save a dude's life on a comeback or on a bunt on anything. So that's, you know, absolutely that's, that's huge. And I think that's a good way to, to tie mom's family and, and Buffalo into that. Um, 100%. Absolute, absolute final thing for you. Um, when you were coming out of high school, you said you're kind of, kind of smaller baseball wise and travel ball and all the kind of stuff. How do we end up at Duke? What did we do to end up, end up there? Um, and, you know, what, what was the, uh, the reasoning over anywhere else? If that's uh, the options that you kind of had. Yeah. 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 So I think a big part of it honestly was the fact that a teammate of mine had committed there his sophomore year of high school who um, he was a stud. Like I was, when he was a sophomore, he was like six, three already like 200 pounds, great player. Um, so he committed super early um, and that, then the coach would come to see him uh, just, you know, keep tabs, whatever. Uh, and that was like when I started to develop, I didn't, you know, get to his size until like my junior year. Um, and then like, you know, I had a really good junior season. So I think they saw me when they'd come to see him. I just like, I lucked out basically because the coach was there to see him. And um, we had a lot of good players. So I'm sure he was, you know, he was looking at everyone. Um, but I think I, I had a few good games while he was there. And then they kind of followed me into that, that, uh, that uh, summer ball season and started talking to him and uh yeah, the final three, I think, or the three like official visits were uh, Rice was the first one, um, wow. which I liked a lot. And uh, I like wanted to go there because that was like my first offer. And I was like pretty late. It was like junior year. Uh, it was going into like, yeah, it was like end of junior year. So I was like kind of yeah, getting yeah, antsy. You're getting, like, into the, you're getting into the fall. You're senior year. Like, damn. Yeah, all my friends are committing. And yeah. I, yeah, I was pretty nervous. So I was like, okay, like I saw an offer. I was like, all right, hey, I got to take it. Just like, so everybody out there hears it, like, you can wait that long to commit just so you know you don't yeah. have to commit when you're <laughs> when you're 12 right like even now it's Griff, yeah now it's Griff crazy is here it? and he's fine <laughs> and he didn't know where he was going until all right yeah. so rice first official I, amazing place but yeah so rice yeah right in right into where are we going and then yeah north carolina and i saw wake and duke uh i think in the same day uh which were both awesome i think the difference came down to like um scholarship was uh you know obviously like money not not an issue but I think it was more like I felt like I had a chance to play at Duke Wake was a little better at that point program wise yep and uh and they, they had all their spots filled basically like they were like we want you to come but like we don't have any money so like it's kind of like you know can you commit and I think like I, I think about it in hindsight like if you go anywhere like you get, get no matter if you're promised money or anything like obviously they might get a little more opportunity but if you play well, like they will find a spot for you. Like you'll be in the lineup basically. But I think at the time, like I just wanted like to be sure that I could have a chance to play early. You know, I didn't want to like be stuck kind of watching until junior year. And I heard so many stories about that and um, that's not it. So like, I think the coaching staff and everything at Duke just seemed like a little more uh, my speed. And then the campus was like, it was ridiculous. Like it was once I was walking around and I took us around on a golf cart, saw the stadium. They played the Bulls stadium. Hopefully I'll be playing there next year at some point, which would be cool. Um, but, but yeah, just the whole package was awesome. So I was just like, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. 
I would like to be a blue devil. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome back. We're here with Griffin Conine today, reminding you to hold it down in the fort when you are here. Hey, Griff. Um, so I didn't get to it before, man, but really wanted to ask, um, you know, not not an obsession by any means, but Happy Gilmore Shooter McGavin, where does uh, where does the the joke kind of come into play if it's an appropriate one to share? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was just uh, I think uh, with the Blue Jays was my first team uh, with Tanner Tanner Kerwer and uh, Nick Podical, um, Davis Schneider. I don't know. We kind of for some reason like I we'd all <laughs> seen it and then it was on one day and we were all watching it and like. I don't know. We just got obsessed with it. Like we started ripping all the quotes all the time. Uh, and then like, since then it's, it's become like probably my favorite movie, my favorite comedy movie of all time. Um, but yeah, we just like, we watched it so many times that first uh, pro-, pro ball summer. And uh, wow, there's just so many good things in that movie. Uh, so like, yeah, I love, I love putting the caption on his Instagram uh, with some <laughs> happy Gilmore showing some love. Uh, it's just an iconic movie. So one of our favorites. Oh, dude, absolutely. And I mean, it brings me back to like, you know, it's that is very early on in, in my childhood. One of the, oh man, this is one of the greatest movies ever discovered kind yeah. of thing in my head, right? So like me and my me and my buddies getting away with watching that. And, you know, obviously Sandler's older now. He's uh he's got his iconic style that he that he has all the time. I'm always trying to look like him when I go in public and put a you know, yeah, he's that, a beast. Just to just to have that still um so meaningful and shooter such an iconic villain is uh, I love that you guys yeah. got it. You got into that so hard. He's a real yeah, he's a real son absolutely. <laughs> um, so then our next part where we're moving into y'all is um I got the chance being a a kid. I don't know if you know this about me, Griff, but I'm from Cooperstown, New York originally. Oh, wow. So when I grew up um, all the way until 2008, we used to have the Hall of Fame game. So two teams on their off day from the big leagues would come to Doubleday Field in Cooperstown. Don't know if you've ever been, but um, 290 to, uh, to left and three, uh, 312 to right. So absolute band box. To good put on good a hitters show. park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to put on a show for the fans. Um, and they'd come out and they'd play play an exhibition game. Um that was separate from the induction. So we used to get two okay. big teams. Um, it was usually like an off day in May and they'd sell the place out, have a home run derby, make a whole, whole big event out of it. So that's I awesome. definitely, I definitely saw Jeff play in Cooperstown at my first one ever. Um, and I believe that I have, I have an autograph from, it was on the Marlins team the year that they went to the world series. You want to give me that 2002, maybe if that's three. Right? three. Okay. So yeah. Don, I got a Donchell Willis autograph Marlins ball that uh, I will I will oh, awesome. forever. Um, someone yeah, tried yeah. to someone tried to give me fifty bucks for it. And when you're a little guy, that's it means a lot. And you're like, oh, 50 Oh yeah. You know what? I'm hanging on to this, and I know that uh, you know D Train was a uh, a hell of a guy. So um, yeah, he was definitely got to watch Jeff play. But where we're going with that is so in 2008, um, I was a senior in high school, and. You got to be a ball boy or a bat boy if you played varsity baseball for the Hall of Fame game. So we okay. had um, the San Diego Padres came to town to play the Chicago Cubs, and we got rained out. So we got to oh. just kind of sit in the dugouts, hang out, you know, hang out with a lot of the guys. And I remember getting on the bus, and Trevor Hoffman was still closing for the the Padres at the time, and he oh wow. Uh, 
he could have a whole podcast about him on his own, even from just yeah. one time meeting him. Um, but his kids were, I believe, eight, ten, and twelve, or around there at the time, right? Pretty, yeah, pretty young, but super into baseball. I remember they had the first three rows on the bus were their rows of seats with with Trev. Um, watching them throw from the outfield into like unbelievable. Could have played on our varsity baseball team at that time, right? 12-year-old yeah. kind of just, wow, being around it every day. You just, I don't think people understand that it's not that dads at this level or the best coaches are like, hey, you got to hit just like a, like you just let them watch, right? We let kids just watch and like you can't help but look at that guy throw. I'm going to throw like that, right? We collectively gather that. Right. I think there's so much perspective in like, Hey, you know, yes, dad's a former, a former big leaguer, but as a guy who, you know, grew up around it, take me through just some of the things that like, you know, you remember from being a kid, some good experiences on the field. And do you feel like that helped you one, like love the game and two, you know, where did it, you know, where did it take you? We have friends in there still, do we have role models who are out there? Um, you know, take us back to the youth for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the, the clear stuff, Memories are probably like right towards the end of uh, his career, retirement. And then he was obviously still very involved with the team those few years after, um, back when they were still at, at the Florida Marlins. So like the team I remember the most is probably like uh, the Dan Ugla, Hanley Ramirez, Jorge Cantu, like that whole squad. Uh, Stan, wow. was just coming, Stan was just coming up. They were uh, yeah, they were stacked. Like they're so yeah, yeah, to, to had watch and be around. Forty bombs. He was like they were. They yeah, were batting title. Um, they're all like pretty young. They're they're all up and coming. Like I don't. They didn't really put it together like postseason wise. Like they had some good years, but um, that was like when I kind of for because I was old enough. You know, he retired in 07, so I was ten years old. Um, and I was still like I, I wasn't a kid that grew up like like fully loving baseball you know like obviously like it was a huge part of my life and um it was cool that like you know my dad never was was saying like you gotta like come to the field or, like you gotta like go hit you know some dads are crazy like that and uh and he was always like you know didn't really care to be but honest much, like he's much like more, you, no, much more hands off yeah like he's like if you like it then go for it but if not like i'm not gonna force it on you and uh i was like i fell into like skateboarding was my thing until like I was probably 14. Like that was all I wanted to do. And, uh, and like, it just happened to like an injury. Were you you good at it? I was pretty, I was good. Yeah. I will say like, I was, um, like I ollied a 12 stair once that was like my record. I was like when I was 13. Um, I was like into street skating. We're hitting, we're we're hitting some real feels right now because that was, that was my passion too. So oh man, I still, I still have a board. I still ride around all the time. It's so fun, but, uh, I, I, I don't noticed, really, I noticed and didn't want to bring it up for, for, um, you know, you said you've never gotten injured and we knocked on wood, but you found out that you couldn't kick flip anymore recently. Is that, that what it was? I'm sure you've been working on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did end up landing one, um, yeah. shortly thereafter, <laughs> but it took, it took too much out of me to, uh, to land it that like, I think I have to, Close the door on that side of things. Uh, I can't be launching downstairs anymore. At least till um, baseball's over. <laughs> at least till, yeah, then I'll get back to it. I'll have a late uh, career resurgence. But yeah, exactly. Like that was like all I wanted to do. And then kind of like an injury happened, not playing skateboarding actually, just like separate. I was playing football. And then the sites just switched to baseball. That was like going into high school and never really picked up the board again in a, in a 
in a street skating sense of the word. And then from then on out, it was all baseball. But I think like um, Dan Elgolo was always like a, a really cool guy. That was like, you know, you, you wouldn't think so. You seemed like kind of like, you know, very standoffish. I don't know. He's like, yeah, he's jacked. His forearms are as big as your head, right? <laughs> kind of intimidating. Uh, but like he gave me his cleats once when I was a kid. Uh, and it was funny because like I could wear his size cleat when I was uh, like 15. Because he was like a size eight. He was like a he, tiny foot, like maybe size a, nine. Yeah, he was a he was a thick guy, but he was short, stocky. Yeah, he was eight, a short, so he stocky was... little. So he had like size nine cleats that like I could wear when I was uh, maybe in middle school. Um, So yeah, uh, they were like they were like teal, like they were these bright teal Nikes. They were sick, but my team was like my team was maroon, so like I <laughs> probably looked like an asshole because I was like decked out in these teal cleats. Hanley gave me like one of his gloves. He gave me a Wilson. He gave me a teal Wilson glove. So like I was full like Marlins kid playing on the Western Rattlers. Like and to top it off, like I wasn't any good at that point really you know i was like the coach's I'm a, I'm kid all, like, all sizzle and no steak over here boys yeah i had a ton of sizzle i'll give myself that i was never like the swag god like i didn't wear sleeves or wrist tape anything until college probably but uh, or high school but um but i did have like i had like the the teal the teal swag for sure and then that was kind of like that team was really cool because like they they were you know i was there a lot i was always shagging you know i always wanted to um be around you know Stanton was super young coming up but it was always cool cool to be around um and yeah they dealt with me just running around the outfield and trying not to step on me probably and <laughs> I realized now like if that was me and there was a kid out there like I'm gonna be nice to him because like I I was that kid but at the same time like I definitely know it's a nuisance in a way because like you're worrying about like you don't want to kill this kid like they're trying to get their work in and I'm just like I was good about it I wasn't like the you know, I wasn't like, I was pretty conscious of it. Cause my dad obviously was like, Hey, you got to watch out. Yeah, like the they're letting you be out here. Like, I get out of their me, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, I'm sure there were times when they were kind of like, ah, oh, Jesus, like this fucking kid. You're like, ball, 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 ball. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like calling off Stanton. Like, no, no, I got it. I got it. Let me get my work. So, um, that was, that was a cool time just cause like, they're all pretty young. I think that helped. Like, that's why they're all super inviting. And uh, they're just having a good time. And then I remember the summer in Cincinnati was was cool because Griffey, Griffey was there and he had a bunch of kids too that were all kind of like around the same age. So um, we hung out a lot and he was like a super, super cool, you know, obviously iconic baseball figure. I got a picture with like him and Barry. Um, and when I was like full skater face, so I had like this like huge moppy hair. Yeah, and these awesome. two guys are on the side of me. They're probably just like, this kid, man, what, what is this kid doing? <laughs> what is this kid going to do? What and, is he, and, this skater boy? No, so, yeah, I, is... I probably, dude, I didn't even, like, appreciate it, too. That's the crazy thing. And now, like, I watch hours of video on both those guys. And, like, I would do anything to be in another picture with them. And at that time, I was probably like, who are these guys? Like, what are – Dad, I come on. Care. We got to take this, man. He's, yeah, oh, he, like, forced it. He's like, no, you're going to be so happy you have this later. I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> and, like, sure enough, like, couldn't be, like, more thrilled, but – Probably wasn't that interested at the time. No, that's all. You're like, can I bring my board, man? Come on. Yeah, exactly. That's all <laughs> I cared all about. That, dude, that uh, that that takes me right back. And I know, um, you know, guys talk a lot about it. And you, you know, hey, I got into weight training kind of late. And, like, I actually went in the opposite direction of you. I was 140 pounds as a freshman. And I ended up a 280-pound senior in high school because I didn't touch the weight room any of wow. those years. I got lucky enough that. I went to a tryout in college and got kept and lost a hundred pounds over a year. But like, I yeah. always go back to, cause like even now, right. I'm, I'm old now and I have the facility and I've got 
some of the pro and college guys there and I'll get, I'll get, you know, I throw probably 750 to a thousand BP throws every day. I can, yeah. I can get my full split down. I can get my palms to the, you know, like these guys, how do you move like, like that? Like I get the, the jealousy. I'm nowhere near as strong as anybody. I couldn't do one 225 pound squat probably, but like these guys, how do you move like that? And I always go back to, just wiping out on my skateboard and like the collective gathering of like, Oh fuck, I'm going to fall. And how do I not just splatter into the ground? Yeah. Right like, <laughs> I would say, you know, where you were like, ah, oh, I wasn't very strong. I wasn't very serious in the weight room. Um, being actually kind of serious about skateboarding. Do you feel like that almost, you know, when it came to my dad being like, Hey, you got to die for that. or something. I could roll things off. I learned things on the board that I feel like I, you know, it wasn't baseball. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I could go squat and learn that from like this yeah. was a kick flip in a, a six stair and your board ends up vertical between your legs. And how are you going to fall and not, you know, yeah. cut yourself in half. Right. So yeah. did you, did you feel like that? Um, once you did get started, did you have kind of a good foundation at least like, for balance on your feet, for body control, do you feel like it was kind of, you know, do you ever look back and like, man, that was, that was real helpful as a kid? Sort of, sort of. I think like, I definitely, um, so like this off season, I, I learned how to skate switch. That was like, that was my thing because, because a lot of that came with like working with teacher man and he's all, um about your back leg balance and like and learning how to control that and i always skated on my right leg and i pedal with my left i was goofy goofy putted so and and then um i was always like damn like i should have been a righty hitter because like that balance is rock solid like i could i could ride one leg on that that down a hill but i started with my left leg and like i couldn't ride 10 feet before falling off this was like three months ago and uh and yeah you just stick at it like you start to learn your balance points on the foot and, uh, and I, I, I think that really, that really had a, had a transfer over immediately just cause like the, it got, that was like a huge increase. Like we talk about the weightlifting, you're not going to see a big increase, but like, that was like in two weeks I could, I could ride, you know, pretty normally. Um, and then after that, I went to hit with, uh, with teacher man. And then I like exaggerated the hell out of like my load. Cause I just like wanted to see like, how long can I just load early and get up there and just- ride it out. Yeah, just, just for fun, of, like just yeah, like just let's kidding. exaggerate it. Let's see how much we can do. And and he was pretty impressed by that. Um, and I think that like definitely had had a had a a crossover effect that like that I was hoping for. And um, I also noticed like some imbalances. Like like I'm doing sprint work, and uh, my my coach is kind of like w- noticing that one side I get like a better split between my legs. Like like uh, almost like my hips can I can get more extension on one side. And then I'm pretty the, sure yeah. that that's my pedal side because like that hip is always pedaling. And like and every time you pedal and I like to go fast, so, like I'm aggressively pedaling this whole oh. time, like years and years of it. And then never on the other side. So like now I have this imbalance where like my left leg can like drive really well. My right leg was always the plant. So like it never really could drive. And my left leg's my jump leg too. So like this left leg's like really good at driving not as good at balance this right leg is really good at balance not as good at driving so like now i'm kind of trying to reverse both those i want this <laughs> leg to be really good at balance i want to get some drive on my right um 
So this is, these are just cool things that like you learn over the course, you know, I never would have thought about it three years ago. And then I noticed like some feelings in my right leg and I'm like, why is that feeling like that? And then I'm like, ah, I skateboarded for 10 years of my life straight yeah, doing just, only this one pushing, side move. Pushing that one side. Yeah, yeah, just ripping it, ripping it, ripping it. And then the other side got nothing. And then like over time, like things turn into big differences. So I'm just working on closing the gap. It's all about closing the gap. But that, that was a cool that's- thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, dude, that's so cool that like this, you know, this off season where you're making those changes, right? Like swing wise, Hey, I'm going to really, you know, be serious about it. Skating comes back in and it's like, yeah. Hey, like I can, I can help you out with that. Right. So, yeah. This applies. Right. It's cool. I mean, I mean, it's, it's huge. And it's like, you know, once again, like you, you get so far down a strength rabbit hole or so far down a certain direction. You're like, Hey, you know, we almost have more to undo to go back the the right direction sometimes yeah you talk and balance like you know the lack of injury right feeling a hundred percent is our is our number one goal no matter what we're doing baseball soccer skateboarding just living life as an everyday person so all right dude last thing that we're going to go through um i need coolest place that you guys lived while you guys were you know while while you were out there um and I want the coolest visitor clubhouse you ever went into. So like, obviously you were in the Marlins one a lot, but do you ever roll into a visitor's clubhouse and just be like, dude, this place is, is the Mecca. I've hit the jackpot, whether it was jelly beans or uh, sandwich spread or just really cool guys who were in there. Where was, uh, where was the, the yeah, yeah. place to live? And then the coolest clubhouse we went into. All right. Um, um, living. I mean, uh, it might be boring, um, but I think like the home base right here is is probably it. And like this yeah. has been this has been it ever since uh, I think '95. Like my dad oh, started. Oh, okay. So I wasn't I wasn't sure if you guys had bounced around at all. So we've been yeah, we've been pretty much since we, you've been alive. Yeah. been alive. There was a summer like he was traded to Cincinnati in '06, um, and that was like during the summer. Um, that he got traded so we went up there like for a whole summer so like that was kind of like the we lived in Baltimore when I was much younger um, I don't think I'd put that as like a, a very cool place per se um, he loved like Camden Yards is like his favorite stadium but um, uh, yeah living there I, I have very hot, foggy memories uh, Kansas City before that also don't remember um, Cincinnati yeah. was a great summer I had a blast there that was really fun and that's probably my answer for uh for a clubhouse just because like there was a lot of characters man we had ken griffey um brandon phillips adam wow. dunn like Buffalo all these guy. great personalities <laughs> yeah yeah so uh and they're all super cool too um there was a time where adam dunn and ken griffey uh they hated my hair they because <laughs> to be fair it looked horrible and uh they were not on board with the skater haircut and they offered me like i think two grand to shave it like they're gonna wow. shave my head just because they really wanted to. And I had no concept of money at this point and didn't feel like I needed it. And I felt like the hair was more important. So I said, I told them to shove it. I said, no, oh, no, thanks. Man. You and are, I, I'm sure they hated me. Hockey, arrogant little, little kid that you are. <laughs> at that point, like I think hair is for a skateboarder. Like that's pretty much your whole identity. Like that's a very key aspect of like your image. So yeah, uh, to me, I wouldn't have sold that for a million dollars, I don't think, at that point. And it looked so bad, too. That's the crazy thing. But I didn't care. Like, it was my hair. I was loving it. So, like, they, they, they loved to joke around with me about that. And, and we, had, we had a blast there. It was fun. 
No, it's not my hair, man. It's my identity. It's who I am. It's, it's everything. Everything everything right now. So exactly. Well, man, I mean that is that is a great way to finish it up. I mean, dad dad finished up, right? And he is he's back in action. Is that right? With, yes. with the Marlins yeah. now. So yeah, um, he is. do we what kind of capacity do we see him? Do we um hear from him? Do we get yelled yelled at down the chain? How uh, how often do we end up end up hanging out with him uh, once the season gets going? Uh, it's hard to say. He's still kind of uh, he's still kind of wondering himself. I think he's going to be working directly uh, for the owner, Bruce Sherman, um, yep. who I met in Pensacola. He actually came out and uh, was in the clubhouse, came out to watch a couple games and introduced himself to a lot of us, which was very cool. Uh, my grandma actually met him on a beach in Naples randomly. Wow. He was wearing a pine crate. He was wearing a, my high school shirt. I guess his grandkids went there as well. So whatever oh, small world, right. they got to talking. Um, so I met him and, and we talked about that and uh, – and yeah, he's going to kind of help my dad's job title is kind of to help him bridge the gap and like become more involved in the baseball side of things. He's uh, he doesn't have a big baseball background, but he wants to be more involved and understand what's going on and be able to deal with players a little better. So um, he's going to be in spring training. He'll be he'll be there for spring training and, and uh, on the field in uniform, which he's very excited about. And then I think going forward, it'll kind of just be like a as needed basis. No, but to, I mean, to put the uni back on, right, and be on the field in the dugout around. Yeah, like, that was like hot. probably – that was the non-negotiable, I think, for him. Like, he wanted that so bad, so that'll be cool. You're going to give me my own locker, and you're going to put my jersey in there with my name on it, and oh, man. Anything else, no, no you can – like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening to Holding Down the Fort. This is Jimbo Fort reminding you to hold it down. Be on the lookout for our new merch – Anybody who has any questions for the show or for our guests on the show, please email us at holdendownthefortpod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube for all the latest updates and to hold it with us. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back for the next episode.